Welcome to another edition of Sports with Friends. This is episode 348. We are cruising right along, and uh, this one is about the NFL. A lot of feedback from last week's podcast about uh, baseball, and I had a feeling that was going to be a thing. Uh, Jeff Fry was wonderful. We both complained about the sport, and um, who knows? If people want another baseball podcast, there's a lot now other former athletes that want to come on. So we'll have to wait and see exactly how this works. Marshall Falk was inducted in the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 2011, the College Football Hall of Fame in 2017, a Super Bowl MVP in 2000, the year they won the Super Bowl with the St. Louis Rams, the greatest show on turf. He's an alum of San Diego State, where he was a two-time consensus All-American. San Diego State is in the process of creating a new stadium, and Marshall is one of the key investors in the whole process. Uh, We're going to ask him about that as well. Number two overall pick in the NFL draft. You know, the draft is coming up. If you're listening to this podcast this week, the draft is coming up this weekend. Uh, He was selected by the Colts, the uh, Indianapolis Colts, in the second overall of the 1994 NFL draft. He's one of only three NFL players to reach at least 10,000 rushing yards, 5,000 receiving yards, and the only one to amass 12,000 yards rushing and 6,000 yards receiving. And we bring in Marshall Falk to the show. Marshall, first of all, welcome. How are you? Uh, You know, the NFL, it's the offseason, but I imagine you're working as hard as ever. Is there an offseason in the NFL anymore? I, I don't think I think I think we 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 gotta classify playing season and non-playing season because <laughs> there's been so much action this offseason with all the moves, trades. It's 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 amazing at the minute that a team win a Super Bowl by doing it in a different way, which is not through the draft. Yeah, boom, it changes everything. And that's <laughs> that's what the Rams have done. Well, the interesting part about that is, is that the players are doing less and less. The players don't have to do less and less. It's the media that does more and more and more and more and more. Yes. No, that, that, but that's it. The, the players don't have to do it through the media. The <laughs> players, the beauty of it is the players now have social media for them yeah. to do it through. And, and it's, it's stirring it up. You know, obviously we heard Kyla Murray kind of backtracked a little bit, but you used to not be able to have your own audience. It was driven by, by the conventional media and in the conventional media, they, they were always in with the teams. Well, now it's a little different and you get to hear both sides and the team gets, gets some fault. And so they have to make some moves as well. So um, it's just a different, it's, it's a different league. It's, it's all different. You know, my days covering the NFL, I covered the, the Broncos, the Seahawks. I always uh, covered you as, a, as an opposing player. So, I, you know, I never saw your day-to-day. Were you the kind of guy who embraced the media? Did you enjoy, you know, their, their job as much as your job? And did you see that as part, as your, uh, as part of your future post-playing career? Yeah, so I, I essentially, um, the way I looked at the media was they had a job to do. And I, I, I wanted to make sure that they got to do the job to the best of their ability, but I made sure that I held them accountable, that they asked the right questions um, and, 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 and they did their homework. Uh, I just didn't, I didn't deal with people who were lazy and wanted the athlete to do the work and, and ask the leading questions like, like, like do your job. <laughs> yeah, don't <laughs> you're, ask me you're how a journalist. I feel. 
My biggest yeah, pet yeah, peeve is let, how do you feel? I hate that. Yeah, right, right. Like let's like let's get into what's important about this week, me preparing and the team that we're playing. But it's funny the the, the demand is is so high right now. I mean, every, anything the NFL does. My when I finally said that there's literally no competition for that league is when they can make a highly rated night out of your schedule. And it rates higher than every sporting event in every baseball game that summer. Like that's fascinating. It's, it's a schedule and their social media. You can literally see the tweets as they're coming, but yet thousands, if not millions of people are watching the schedule. And I said, wow, that I give up. I nothing competes with football. Seth, you know, I, I don't know if, 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 if we should marvel over the NFL or ask the other sports, What's wrong with them? You know, we, we, we only, we only, we only have 17 games. We're not playing a hundred games. We're not playing 80 games. It's, it's like less is more. It's less is more. Last week on the podcast, we had a uh, Jeff Fry, former second baseman on, and he's doing like a, like a grassroots campaign to kind of fix baseball. And it was such a negative podcast <laughs> because baseball is so broken that it was really refreshing when I found out you were coming on this week because I said, oh, we're talking about a sport that's thriving. And to that point, because I want to get to the, the Snapdragon Stadium in, in just a second, but to that point, every sport goes through changes. I just had this conversation with Latroy Hawkins the other day and look at me on my own podcast, I'm name dropping, but we we're talking about how every sport evolves. You know, the football that you played is a far cry from the football that's being played today, which is a far cry from what was 30 years back. Mm -hmm. The difference between the NFL and the other sports, and I think the NHL and the NBA have done this as well, is yes, there are changes for the better, changes for the worse, but none of it's made it unwatchable. Baseball doesn't have that. Baseball's changes have made it unwatchable, and that's fascinating. I'm sure you can say whether it's on the air or off, boy, there's a lot about football. I don't like, but never wanted to have you said, God, I can't watch anymore. Yeah. Because uh, both sports, look, I'm going to say football and basketball, mm-hmm. they've made changes to make the game more entertaining. Mm-hmm. They want you, they want when you're watching, you're in awe. And, and, and that if you pay to go, you see a show. It's it's a spectacle. It's something for you to. You feel like if you're not there, you wish you were there, and and I think those decisions and, and when they're made and the people that are making them, you know, it's 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 they're out for the greater good of the game. I think baseball tries to hold on to that, you know, that that old historic. Um, uh, they it, it is. Uh, so old school game that you just yeah. you know like it, it pa- the pastime of America you know yeah, you yeah. just it's hard to let it go and in trying to change it they're afraid to make moves to to just try stuff out before you make a decision to do it they don't know we don't want to see that we don't want to see it yeah I people are already listening to this podcast I'm going to hear it on social media they're going to say literally, literally you couldn't give up the baseball conversation you can't you have Marshall <laughs> Falk on the goddamn show it's okay I listen I love I love baseball I spent 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 some years in St. Louis uh, around the Redbirds I grew up a Braves fan got to watch the Braves win the World Series last year so uh, he, I'm, I'm a follower of baseball I just 
it's um it's, it's disturbing i know they 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 have a lot of old school things that they're just not willing to change let's talk for a second about you know all the different travels that you had you played uh college football at san diego state and now you are a part of the investment group that's building a brand new Snapdragon Stadium, which is supposed to come out uh, or be open to the public uh, this fall. Getting ready for the podcast, I saw some photos of it. I mean, it looks like a construction site, but it looks like you can see the, the foundation uh, for what it's going to, to be. Uh, how did, did they reach out to you? Did you reach out to them? How important is it, given that San Diego lost the NFL team, how important is it that the college stadium is as nice as it can be? Yeah, it's, it's very important. And, and not that it's nice as it can be. Um, we're, we're building a state-of-the-art stadium. Um, it's, it's one that's going to rival any college stadium, just about anywhere. Uh, it's going to have all the bells and whistles. But um, more than anything, you know, with, with everything going on in college sports, NIL, you have to be able to attract uh, these, 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 uh, these high school athletes or, or the kids in the portal. And, and they, you know, San Diego is, is really a place, destination, you want to live here, weather's great, it's just an amazing city, but the Chargers left because a stadium could get built, and San Diego State, we were able to get a stadium built, um, and we were able to, you know, we're looking forward to, 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 to get in the community um, behind us, not just the alum, not just the people who went to San Diego State, or who live around, but everybody here supporting the school because it, it takes a community um, to make to, to do what we did but um, really looking forward to celebrating 100 year Aztec football and the new Snapdragon Stadium and when you know just like literally sitting here thinking about it we, we, we thought this would never happen in San Diego especially after the Chargers left but being able to pull this off it says a lot about San Diego State and all the people responsible for getting this done. Well, the interesting part about it is, is California is very uh, catch as catch can. You know, usually it has to be completely privately financed. You know, the, the, the government doesn't necessarily subsidize a lot of times. And I remember during the building, I mean, I'm old enough to remember, you know, Petco Park when it was when it was built, um, the San Francisco Stadium. They, they were so many fights about that. Oakland can't get a stadium. And that's why the Raiders left. Uh, you know, so there, there's so much going on. That's why I thought it was refreshing to see something brand new in a community that is known for being a great tourist attraction. Yeah, yeah, and and, and not only that, who doesn't love San it, Diego? It, it, who listening it, to this go. doesn't love going to San there, Diego? There you go. And and what it's going to allow us to do with expanding our our campus, um, you know, more housing, um, uh, more room for students to 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 get in, to get involved is going to allow us to step up. You know, when you when you think about uh, Cal State universities or just state schools in, 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 in general, we're going to be up there with the upper echelon. Yeah, no, no secret uh, about it. Um, when you see the way a community, you know, you, you're San Diego State alum and you have, you know, supported your school in the past, um, knowing that this was something that was going to be a challenge, you know, for them to get the financing to, to do this. Uh, how important was it that, you know, a bunch of alums, you know, rally around each other and, and the camaraderie, the, the com like you said, the community, but this is goes beyond the community. There's an Aztec community, you know, that that needed to rally around each other and guys like. Yeah, 
Yeah, it, it's for us, you know, we, we are the ambassadors to the experience at the university and why the community wants to, to embark in, 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 in an endeavor like, like providing a stadium. Um, as we found out through 2020 during COVID, sports means a lot to us. Uh, and not just to conjugate, but man, what it does for us and our families to allow us to, to, to just go be a part of something and celebrate as one. The unity to sports, it creates a lot of opportunity, um, not just on the field, but off the field as well with the jobs and the things that it creates for the community. Um, I'm just glad that, that we were able to shine that spotlight on San Diego State and make it, make and deemed it necessary for this stadium to not just be a possibility, but a reality and brought that to light what it, what it could do for the community and that everybody bought in and they saw it because we, we really needed everybody to buy in and, and, and man, we, we got that buy in and we're looking forward to come September when we open the stadium, Snapdragon Stadium for, for everyone to see what they bought into. There's no, no secret about it. Um, the, if you're listening to this episode, the week that it comes out, uh, the NFL draft is this weekend. This is another thing that it, it, it fascinates me. How many people, yes. well, there's two, there's two types of people. There's the people that are going to like drink this in all weekend. Like they're going to watch every pick of every round. And it, and it, that's not a rarity. There will be people who do that. And then there are the 7 million experts and that <laughs> everybody's an expert uh, when it comes to the draft, especially when it's a non quarterback heavy draft where there isn't these dominant can't miss quarterback players. And, you know, if you go back the last couple of years, quarterbacks haven't been, you know, automatics, you know, when, when they come in, what is your thought on a draft class and what is the sex appeal of an NFL draft when quarterbacks aren't the center stage? Um, then you start looking at the big guys. Literally, once you go from quarterbacks, it's about big guys. It's about D linemen. It's about pass rushers. And it's about people to protect the quarterback. Because you build your franchise on those guys. never running backs. Those, right? are, those, are, those are very rarely is it a running back because you, you, you can get a running back. Listen, you can get a running back in, in, in the fourth, in the second, third, fourth, fifth round. Your, your franchise left tackle or your, 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 your Aaron Donald, you're not drafting him in the sixth round, in the fifth. Right. They're just not. You, you're not missing on those guys. Um, so when you, when you find a cornerstone left tackle, uh, a surefire guard, um, it's, it's, or, or a, a pass rusher, uh, a defensive tackle that's a stud, man, you, you, you're like, oh my God, we have, we have three of them. We have four of them. That's unheard of. It's unheard of. You have a better chance at finding a franchise quarterback than a cornerstone either defense alignment or offense offensive alignment they're they're hard to find man no there's, there's no secret uh, uh, about that i wanted to ask you uh, go back to your your playing career before we uh, wrap this this puppy up um you know you played the greatest show on turf you know you were you were a super bowl champion and congratulations uh for that um so much is made about your teammate kurt warner's story the, the grocery store and now there's movies and there's documentaries and 30 for thirties and this thing and that thing and this thing and that thing. Is that, is there something from that team that is being undertold that as history tells that story of that team, and I'm not asking it to be self-serving. I, I mean, you can pump yourself up if, if you want your accolades speak for themselves, 
what I'm wondering is, is that the story? Because, you know, once it's in a movie, that's that's what people think. You know, Freddie Mercury didn't have AIDS when he, he did, had Live Aid, but in the movie he did. So now there's no question about it. And that's kind of how things get told. Is the story of that team getting properly told? Um, it is. It is. And you have to remember um, the way that it's being told. It's being told from Kurt's point of view. The beauty is, the beauty is, as I love Kurt's point of view. Um, there's things that I learned about him that, that I didn't know. And huh. I love movies when they're told from different points of views. And I think that what we need to do now is really look at that team and see everybody's point of view. And I think I think you're going to you're going to find out what I want you to find out the unity of that team and how special that 99 season was and what coach Vermeil did what Mike March did um what John Bunning and Peter Gunter our defensive coordinators did like there was so much that went into that Georgia Frontieri um I, I, listen that the lady as a as a as an owner before owners were treating their players the way they treat them now we got treated like, like, I mean, we, we did everything first class, mm. like, like, like in the front of first class. And that's how she did things. And um, making sure that people understand the relationship with John Shaw and Jay Zygmunt and how they kind of came together with Charlie Army and, and, and built that. Um, it, it's, it's, it's going to fascinate you as these stories starts to co- start to come out. One of the things though, that, I think is one of the most undertold stories in sports is relocation. I think relocation is, you know, one of the things that, you know, talk to somebody in Seattle, if they ever got over the supersonics, you know, there, there is a, an anger in St. Louis about the way the Rams left. I'm not begrudging them the success that they've had now, but I'm curious to get your perspective on the city of St. Louis and that mixed feeling that there must be, you know, I think of the city of Hartford when the Carolina Hurricanes do well. Um, you know, Cleveland, you know, Cleveland's a different story because when they lost the Browns, they got another Browns. And when Baltimore lost the Colts, they got the Raven. Most relocations fix themselves. And I, the NFL, I don't know if when or if it's going back to St. Louis. And I got to imagine that's a very bitter pill to swallow while seeing the Rams have that kind of success now. Yeah, um, just looking at it, um, I feel bad for the city of, of St. Louis. Great sport friend. Um, and and like you said, most teams, when you lose a team, the next time you get a team, you don't lose them again. And, uh, and, and just because you realize why you lost the first team. Mm-hmm. So whatever, what I, I think whatever what was necessary, regardless of how good or bad an owner stand was, you, you build them a stadium. You can't afford to lose another team. No. And, and you, you bow down. Like, it's like you're in a bad situation in a sense. You can't afford to lose another team. And, 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 you know, and, and that's what, that's what they should have did. Well, the NHL, a couple of years, uh, not this past season, but two years ago, they had this uh, throwback Jersey thing that they were wearing in their games. And the Colorado team wore Quebec jerseys and the Carolina team wore Hartford jerseys. And I said, oh, my God, that that's not 
paying <laughs> tribute. Like that would be salt on the wound. Like that would be that's iodine right there. Like that hurts. Like that's crazy. Right. And I and I and I said so. And I, you know, when you look at the Rams, you know, one thing that they do in the NFL when teams move around, they don't change their names. You know, the Chicago Cardinals became the St. Louis Cardinals and now the Arizona Cardinals and the Rams, you know, they went from L.A. to St. Louis to back to L.A. and they, they're still the Rams. So there's that that connection there. But like, do you think the L.A. team should honor that 2000 championship as much because it didn't happen at in Los Angeles? Oh, man, that's that's it's, it's not about your first name. It's about your last name. <laughs> I mean, it's a. Uh... It's, a good it's, it's not like I mean it, it it's it's not like the Ravens that are not the Browns anymore, you know it, it's right. it's still the Rams and they do honor. I mean we I, I've been honored at the stadium many a times um, for what we did in St. Louis. Um, yeah, and and when we were in St. Louis, the St. Louis fans would honor the L.A. Rams when we brought Eric Dickerson and Jackie Slater in. Oh, cool. They got right. honored. Yeah. So oh man, most definitely. Yeah. That's that's not a. You know the, the 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 history of the Rams. It's it's of the Rams. Who cares if they were in Cleveland, Los Angeles? <laughs> who who cares? St. Louis and then back in Los Angeles. Nobody cares. Yeah, there's there's something to be said for that. Um, last thing that I that I wanted to, to cover. Um, I have a a strict belief in the uh, in the world of sports media that unless you played. It is never your place to tell an athlete to retire. It, it is never, I don't care if you're a talk show host on the radio. I don't care if you're a television commentator, unless you played, you can't tell anybody you, unless you did the blood, sweat, and the tears to get to that point, you can't tell an athlete to retire. That being said, when athletes do retire and there's all the accolades and the ceremony and the, the whole thing, and then they decide I can't give it up. I'm coming back. And it's, this is not an, uh, an, an, an indication of Tom Brady because Brett Favre did it and Roger Clemens did it. And all, it's happened from time and time again. It's that you're at peace with the decision. You say goodbye and then you come back. What's your thought on that? What's your amazement at how Brady keeps playing at this, this age? What, just what's your thought on retirement in general, knowing that, I never will tell an athlete that they should Marshall. If you had said the, the, your last season, if you said, I'm going to keep trying and a team is giving you a job, nobody in the media can say otherwise, but it's not like you retired. And then six months down the road, you said, nah, forget all that. That, that I guess that's my question. So let, let's, let's just think about it like this. No one who loves what they do is looking forward to retirement. Oh, course not it's it, it, I, I don't care how long you do it if 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 like a doctor you can continue to practice or like a lawyer you can continue to practice as a football player we would but father time and mother nature says says <laughs> says says uh otherwise so I, I tell players man play as long as you can as long as you can go out there and protect yourself and enjoy yourself play but understand when you can't and know when to say when, but you have to max it out because there's, there's no, um, this, there, there's not a senior tour. This isn't golf. Right. You don't go play on a senior tour. This is, you, we don't, we don't have that. 
You know, we, we don't, we don't, there's, there's not a league for old retired guys to play in. So I, I, I literally believe that I don't care how old you are, or how long you're playing, man, if, if, if you could be a part of a team and still suit up and, and, and you do it because once it's over, it's over. You don't get to come back when it's over. It's done. Yep. And it, it, again, you know, the, the argument is, is that, you know, it doesn't matter what your production is. It, it has nothing to do with that. If someone will give you an opportunity, take it. Take because it. Because once you give it up, you can't do it. I, we've had Eli Manning on this podcast a bunch. And I remember towards the end of his playing career, I said to him, I'm not suggesting that it doesn't happen for another 10 years. But do you have an idea of what you want to do after? I'm just curious in, in what I I'm fascinated as much about your playing career as I am in what you did after your playing career. Yeah. That, that that's, that's fascinating to me. What happens is, is that you have to be at peace. And I don't think at the time that I asked it, he was at peace. He wasn't ready. And I don't know if you ever get ready, but sometimes, you know, the job tells you you are. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't think that there's a ready, you know, it's, it, I think it's impossible to know the ready right um because you you, you, we play this game as kids for so long before we even consider it a job yep that to just let the fun go because of what it meant to us for so long it's 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 hard i can't believe you played with so many hall of famers i mean isaac bruce orlando pace uh, coach vermeil kurt warner you played with some heavy heavy i mean no wonder why you guys won the Super Bowl. You had all these amazing players. Yeah, um, and the story the stories will be told. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. Last thing, um, how do you feel about social media? And you know, in the, it's been in the news this week. If you're listening, because supposedly uh, Twitter's been in the news a, a little bit. Is it something you embrace? Is it something that you enjoy? Is it something that you can't stand? The toxic cesspool. How do you feel about social media? And how can people who listen to this podcast reach out to you? Um, I'm at Marshall Falk at all on all platforms, and um, I think it's a necessary evil. You know, the good and the bad of it is um, it gives it gives people a voice. Uh, it, that's the good, and then the bad is it gives people a voice. <laughs> Literally, that's that's. And if if you if if you allow social media to lift you up, then you're going to also allow social media to to slam you on the ground. It's mm-hmm. that, that's that's literally it you know if you come here for for likes and dislikes and it and it helps <laughs> the likes you know it, it help you out and you need to be validated about your opinions then then you're gonna you're gonna allow those very same critics to be critical of you and and sway you when you when you want to be hey it's social let's be social but could you imagine having twitter when you were playing oh, i would i mean i can't i can't in a sense but if we did um just like the opportunities for it to be max to, to maximize the visibility of, of the athlete in today's world, I mean, listen, you have to do you have to do very little now to be to be visible playing the game compared to back in the day. Like you literally, you had to be a star to have commercials and do stuff. And now um, you, you get guys who you get a commercial for two touchdowns in a season. You know, who cares? Yeah, no, it, 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 it's it's pretty fascinating. Uh, Marshall, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate your time. Good luck with Snapdragon Stadium. 
Um, I, I I look forward to seeing it open, and uh, and and definitely I hope you'll be taking a million pictures and, and posting it everywhere. Oh, I will be. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> it's a, it's, a, it's like the elephant in the room. But uh, nonetheless, uh, thanks so much for doing this, and uh, good luck to you and and in all the stuff that you're involved in. All right, Seth. Take care. Thanks for having me. Marshall Falk, a Hall of Famer, right here on Sports with Friends. Love it. Thanks to everybody who listened all the way through. Uh, thanks to the feedback from last week. I hope this show gets a lot more too. Next week we're gonna go dive into Formula E. They'll be announcing the Generation Three car. I'm gonna talk to the first ever American driver, Oliver Askew. That's all next on Sports with Friends. So make sure you subscribe. It comes into your inbox. Whatever podcast player you use, you can check out this show. We appreciate it. We'll see you then. If you want me to stay, I'll be around today to be available for you to see. I'm about to go, and then you'll know for me to stay. I got to be me. You'll never be in doubt. That's what it's all about. You can't take me for granted and smile. Yeah, I'm I'm gone. Forget reaching me by phone because I promise.